Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. Welcome to the Talk and Power podcast, episode 35. Can you believe it, Simon? I'm with Simon Gonzo Travellini. I am Nick DeCembri. How are you? Good, mate. What, what is there to believe? Th- episode 35. We're ticking along quite nicely. Ratings are up. <laughs> ratings are always up. They're up. They're going well, <laughs> our ratings. So thanks to all of our listeners. <laughs> you know that more people have listened to every episode mm. of, of our podcast than have watched the Winter Nationals on TV. <laughs> Didn't take you long to go down the 400 Thunder Road. Did you want to sink your teeth into the 400 Thunder? No, no, no. Let's leave it for a bit later. It. So it was a huge couple of weeks for motor racing and motorcycle racing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we've had probably the most two exciting races of the year, sort of back to back. So we had um, in Formula One the Austrian Grand Prix, and then that backed that up with on the same night actually. I might add the. Assen MotoGP as well. Yeah. So that was... What did you think of the MotoGP? Well, that was free to air, so we were able to watch that, weren't we? So, no, it was... <laughs> I, I thought it was absolutely awesome, to be honest. It was probably the the most exciting race we've had in a long time. For Marquez to to sort of walk away with it in the closing six laps or th- four yeah, laps, whatever it was. It, it felt like he had a lot more up his sleeve than mm. he was letting everyone else know yeah. in those last few laps or last... Yeah three laps, two laps. Uh, but what I found incredible, absolutely amazing, was the qualifying. There was there was less than a tenth mm. of it. Now, remember, this is a circuit. This isn't drag racing, right? In You know, 400 metres in a straight line. This is a circuit race. Yep. Quite a challenging circuit, according to most of the, the uh, people that have ridden it. Uh, less than a tenth of a second between the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible. Lots of lots of little things happening in, during the Actually, race. Sorry, I stand corrected. Less less than three tenths yeah. of a second. There was less than a tenth of a second uh, in the top four. Mm. There was less than three tenths in the top ten. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry yeah, about that. no, that's okay. That's okay. We there's a lots of little things that happened there, race wasn't there? We had I think the talking point for me was Rossi running into the back of Jorge oh, at two hundred. Two hundred kilometers an hour. It's incredible. Neither of them came off, mm. and they there was no there was no hand gestures or anything exchanged. They just carried on racing like nothing happened. Now, I think Jorge spoke later later on and 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 told um, and told the media that the front of the bike actually washed out from him. So by Valentino hitting him in the back, it actually helped him rectify the bike so uh wasn't valentino's fault it's probably not jorge's fault either but he um yeah the, the yeah, hit actually incident. yeah the hit actually sort of helped him rectify the bike quicker so a lot of facebook warriors and keyboard warriors saying that you know valentino should have been banned and how dare he hit another bike from the back i don't think i don't quite think un- he had any choice yeah i don't think they quite <laughs> understand that you know what was happening and how fast it was happening and to be honest i wonder whether that affected the bike Mm. You know, um, because his pace seemed to fall away a little bit yeah. after the incident. Yeah, yeah um, it did. You know, he dropped a few places immediately mm. and then he kind of... But what I really loved about that race, and this this is the calibre of MotoGP and where it's at, is, you know, you had basically a representative for almost every every manufacturer mm. in, in that front group. And yeah. I, I can't even tell you how many times the... Uh, lead changed yeah it was just incredible it seemed like you know there was like four or five lead changes every lap almost yeah 
From my point of view, it was good to see Alex Rins actually yeah. have a crack, have a real good red hot crack. Well, made the podium. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he put a pretty hot move on Marquez as well, and they touched. Then I think it uh, realigned some of Marquez's uh, pedals or levers. Uh, he actually made some commentary about that after the race, how he had to readjust some of his levers on the bike because of the Rins hit. But racing incident clearly yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and but yeah had a red, red hot crack Vinales as well really happy to see him up and about yeah. now yeah yeah um, well, it's, it must be contract time it, it certainly looks <laughs> that way and he would be under a bit of heat I would have thought Vinales yeah he hasn't yeah. had probably the best role in 12 months no I won't say you know a role no, in 12 months compared to last year or last season mm. to now yeah um, so yeah in the end uh, Marquez uh Walked away with it, yeah. You know, in the closing three laps, yep. Um, and took the win, and I believe he um, has got a significant lead in the championship now. He does, yeah, yep, yep. I can tell you exactly what lead he has. I've got it here in front of me. So, speaking of uh, performance-driven contract mm. <laughs> obligations, yes. Uh, the uh, the Aust- uh, the um, uh, Austrian Grand Prix, mm-hmm. uh, Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. Taking pole. Yep. That's a that's a big move right there. <laughs> it was a big move for him. Unfortunately for Valtteri and and I guess Lewis didn't work out for him. Uh, Lewis's issues are uh, not disclosed at this stage. Valtteri had hydraulic issues. Had to stop the car very quickly in during the race. Um, the heat soak became an issue. They actually had to change the engine for the following race in Silverstone. So he is at the limit of engine changes. Yep. So from this point onwards, any more engine changes means a grid penalty. Grid penalty for Bottas. And um, Lewis, they were able to salvage the engine. Wasn't a good race, the Austrian Grand Prix. Wasn't a good race for Daniel as well. Um, He had issues too. Um, Max Verstappen got it together. And Kimi Rocken, it was good to see him up there. Clearly... Contract talks, as we know, Kimi is on a one-year contract, um, looking to extend that. Doubtful, however, at this stage. This seems to be the trend, not just in motorsports, but and not just in sports. Although I am seeing it in in all sorts of sports, regardless of whether it's tennis, ball sports, or whatever. When you're starting to get near that contract phase, mm. the performance seems to you know, get better, yeah, uh, which is really sad. And to be honest with you, it worries me because is that just the way society is now? You do just enough to get by and then push that little bit harder when you need to? You look in Kimmy's situation, he's 38 years old. It's going to be really tough for him to get another year on no, no matter where. And I wouldn't have thought he's going to be staying with Ferrari. I would have thought... Uh, Charles Leclerc will be the definite start-up for them next year. I okay. would have thought. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sauber, um, he's he's looking pretty good. They've they haven't signed him yet, but he's he's a the Ferrari protege at the moment, so he's coming through their development team. Yeah. I would suggest he's got the drive next year. So looking forward to seeing him. Well, look, Silverstone. We just had that. I really want to sink my teeth into that, and it was forty-one points, by the way, for the the gap to Marquez to Valentino Rossi in the championship. Yep, that's a that's a big lead. A huge lead. That's going to need some DNFs, I think, to um, mm. you know, for the rest of the pack to to get anywhere near him. Yeah, a couple of DNFs. Silverstone. Now, I wrote about it in my weekly... I call it weekly blog, but uh, some weeks I don't write in there. But anyway, I wrote about it last night. You can catch my intimate thoughts about the Silverstone Grand Prix, in particular, Lewis's carry-on at the end of the race. So for those of you that haven't watched the race, um, as history would have it, Lewis got pole position. Um, Really good drive to get to get that pole because I think the Ferrari was less than a tenth behind him. That's Sebastian Vettel. And Kimi hot on his tail as well in qualifying. Look, uh, anyway. this was uh, look to me. This was the best race of the year. Uh, we had Silverstone. Yeah, we had. Is, is that because Lewis got bumped off the track? He got bumped off the track, but he was well and truly back into it by the last ten laps. It was was it because he'd run out of tyres? No, no, no. <laughs> well, his pit strategy—that's Ferrari to blame for that. Uh, not Ferrari. Mercedes had to blame for that. No doubt about it. I mean. On that lap 38, they should have pitted Bottas and and Hamilton as well. However, the inside word is they had actually run out of softs for the weekend. They had a set of softs, but they had three laps on them. And um, they made the call to keep them out there, give them better track position. 
which did work out for him. But in the end, Sebastian had a fresh set of tyres and had the horsepower. There is no doubt this Ferrari has got the horsepower now. I can't wait for Spa, which is in three. It's after the summer break. Yep. We go to Spa. There's still a couple of races in between now and then. They have the summer break. We go to Spa. Big horsepower track. I'm looking forward to seeing the Ferrari um, really come come to grip yeah, there. Yeah, a lot, lot of controversy about the back-to-back races. Mm. People working super long hours. and Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we had three races back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So we had the French Grand Prix up in the mountains, and then we had the Austrian Grand Prix, then Silverstone. Geographically, not very far apart, but logistically, it's quite difficult to do. Um, the argument has been that it keeps the interest in the sport. It's week after week. However, it is a lot of strain on teams and, and logistics and, and um, yeah, just personnel, basically. So it'll be interesting to see. They have, Liberty Media have said this won't happen again. They'll go next year. It'll just be back-to-back two weeks, but not three. So now I've got to ask you, Nick. Mm. Liberty Media, American company. Yep. After watching uh, the um, Nico Carry, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Will stand. Yeah. If, if, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> check it out. It's awesome. Uh, I want to want to get your opinion on this. Yep. Do you think that Liberty Media may may be using a bit of radio versus the <laughs> world track preparation there maybe donald long's down there donald long's down there no wheelie bars as well no wheelie thanks bars. if you haven't seen it google it this uh, gp3 car gets up on its back wheels the front wheels are just pointed to the sky and he keeps his foot into it oh, too. He's, wow he, he, he probably he keeps, had no choice he keeps it up there yeah yeah the wheels stay <laughs> whether, up there for some time <laughs> whether he had his foot flat or not i don't know <laughs> i don't know so, yeah, no, it was, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a GP3 car. It's a good wheel stand. It is a good like wheel stand. Never seen anything like it, to be honest. No wheelie bar. Steve but it, it just shows you, it just shows you how much uh, these guys rely on, you know, ground effect, yeah. which supposedly was banned a long time ago, because as soon as they get a bit of air under the front end, yep. Yep. you know, they're, they're like a radio versus the world car. Mm. No, definitely. It did remind me of Stevie Fast in, in the old shadow. <laughs> It was interestingly, and the other thing in practice, we saw probably the reverse of, of this. Uh, poor Brendan Hartley from New Zealand. I really feel for him. He's had some bad luck. Won't get his drive next year, unfortunately. Toro Rosso have lined up other options for him, unfortunately. So crashed heavily in practice for sus- major suspension failure. And lucky, lucky he walked out from that car, to be honest. Yeah. It was a terrible crash. Um wasn't able to start the race from the grid, had to start from pit lane. That almost ended in tears with the Lewis Hamilton thing happening as well. We had cars coming off, uh, sliding across the the pit entry lane. Sorry, the pit, well, you'd call it exit lane, entry to the racetrack. So, uh, heart goes out to Brendan. We will not see him next year, unfortunately. Um, the other thing was, as well, um, so, look, let's just let's just... Talk about the elephant in the room. Lewis's conduct at the end of the race. (laughs) Look, a lot of people say I'm a Lewis hater, and I guess I'm a... you're a Ferrari lover. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But I didn't think... We're talking... This race here marks 60 years since Mike Hawthorne, first British gentleman to win a Formula One championship. I think the race meant a lot. It was a sellout. There was a lot of people at the track, and I think his behaviour was unbecoming. To walk away from Martin Brundle... In Park Fermi at the end of the race didn't look good. Yeah, but uh, look, times have changed, Nick, and um, this is what you expect from sports personalities now. Mm. You know, that's just the reality. Is there, there's no chivalry anymore in this type. As soon as you start paying people fourteen, twenty, you know, a hundred million dollars, yep, that all goes out the window. Yeah, and even if you turned around and sacked them because they were wankers, mm. um, it wouldn't matter. They've already got the money. You I would, know, I'm seeing this in all the sports, basketball, yeah. baseball, football, mm. you know, uh, there is a very, very small, I mean, look, the, the cricket scandal, mm. you know, I, I thought that a ban meant you were banned. Yeah. It didn't mean you could go and play cricket in Canada. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's been, Drink in New York. it's been good to watch that mm. he, he got his ass kicked and yeah. bowled out, you know. By his teammate. <laughs> The first game wasn't his team, mate. No, no, no. But, you know, well, Cricket Australia should be recruiting those guys from Canada. Yeah. Obviously better than their <laughs> side. But um, I, I think that... 
overall, you really need to you you need to address the first problem, mm. and and that is that these companies have that amount of money to be able to pay these people. And this is no different to the last ep- or not last episode episode before where we talked about the um, the hundred and fifty thousand dollar interview. Yeah. And I said to you, did you watch it? And you said, yes. I didn't watch it. I didn't because I'm a firm believer that, you know, and I wouldn't buy Mercedes Mm. simply because I don't like Lewis Hamilton. Yep. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Here's a message, and Lewis won't be listening, but here's a message to everyone that is listening. I will remind Lewis of uh, an English gentleman back in the 50s. His name was Peter Collins. Would have been the first British man to win a Grand Prix. He had the race on a platter. Handed the race over to to Fangio out of respect because his belief was, I have plenty of life left in me. I'll win further championships. Handed the race over Fangio, and Fangio won the championship in a in a factory Ferrari. So they're both racing Ferraris. Fangio won the championship. For, unfortunately, sorry, uh, Peter Collins never won a championship. He actually died in a Ferrari. So. I'll just remind him of these sorts of acts from previous British... doesn't need to be British, but previous Formula One races. I, I think that the big difference between then and now is that those people um, and the people of that era, they faced hardship. Mm. You know, Now, if you were growing up in the Middle East you would be akin to hardship and yep. you, you would possibly have a bit more respect for the people around you. But um, people now, you know, it's no different to when I started racing. I had a lot of respect for uh, people like Chris Mills, Bob Campbell, hmm. um, George Bailey. You know, I saw them as people that I could learn from, yep. that, you know, and, and I looked up to. Uh, nowadays, the younger people coming into racing, they don't look at it th- that way. They They see people like myself as competition mm. you know I, I i don't see motor racing that way anymore because i think that 90 percent of the battle is having the money mm. to be able to you know do it in the first place and if you put it together and you know you do one run with it and put it away you, you kind of you've just done that you've just done that one run yeah you haven't you know won a championship or or you know really done anything with it mm. but that's the way the world is a very much because of facebook because of the internet a right now place yeah rather than what happened yesterday or what we're planning to do tomorrow mm. you know that's just how it is and unfortunately this is a, a byproduct of that yeah yeah look at the end of the day lewis and toto wolf insinuated in exact words that the raikkonen took Lewis out of the yeah, race, which is ridiculous. You could not, you know. It, it beggars belief that those two guys actually believe that. Now, Toto Wolf has backed down from that um, less than a few hours afterwards and sort of rephrased what he really wanted to say. He was frustrated by the whole ordeal. That happens, you know, and, and this is motor racing. But to carry on like that afterwards and profess you're the man of the of the fans. Mm, yeah, sorry. but their season has taken an unexpected turn. Mm. You can't deny that. No. And I think it would be frustrating for them at the moment. Yep. Um, You know, Lewis in particular has had a bit of a dream run. Mm. He hasn't really had, uh, you you know, it's it's like he was the right guy at the right time, at the right place with the right set of rules. Yeah. With the right backing. Yep. And um, he has you know, risen to the top. Yeah. So now it's getting harder. Uh, and obviously, you know, the Americans want it to be tighter racing. I mean, the, the fact that they have made it clear that any future tracks must be designed mm. with overtaking in mind, yep. um, you know, it, it tells you that this is this is what they want to see. Yep. And guys like Lewis are used to just running away with the championship, mm. yep. you know, having it decided at yep. the halfway point. Mm. Don't be surprised if in the future we have a countdown. Yeah. Yeah, that's the next thing. Americans love their countdown, don't they? Well, it just it just means that uh, you can't run away with the championship. Mm. They want it to go down to the wire. We've been really lucky in drag racing in Australia, and it's sad that it's not promoted as well as it should be because, um, 
you know, we have seen championships this yeah. season go right down to the, you know, basically the second last round or sometimes the last round, mm. you know, which is awesome because it keeps you on, on the edge of your seat if you understand what's going on. But yeah. if you don't understand it because people aren't reporting on it or because it's yeah. it's not, you know, being put in front of you, basically, mm. um, then you wouldn't know. Yeah. V8s do a very good job of that. Mm. Yep. So, anyway. Anyway, with that, as it unfolded, Sebastian Vettel, the four duked it out with, you know, five to ten laps to go. The, the four, the two Ferraris, two, two Mercedes really duked it out. It was one of the best races of the year. Really enjoyed it. Uh, in the no, end, not, not according to Hamilton. Also. No. <laughs> Sebastian uh, got around Bottas. Once he'd passed Bottas, they, they, for Mercedes made the call for uh, Bottas to relinquish his position to um, Lewis, which is fair enough. I respect that. Um, as it turned out, Kimi managed to get around Bottas. Those tyres, four laps, five laps, two old boys. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. had to change them. And even if you had to, if you need to manage your tyres a bit better than that, if the story is correct that they didn't have any softs left for the end of the race. But anyway. That's how it turned out. And if you want to see my frank assessment of the situation regarding Lewis, uh, go to our website. You can read our blog there. I wrote about it last night, so that's all there. Craig Lowndes. <sighs> yes, well, it was coming. It was coming, but... He retired from his marriage. Now he's retired <laughs> oh, from raising. Don't go there. <laughs> but look, whenever someone of this ilk... I, I said to my friends, when... When when Craig Lowndes was to retire, a bit of all of us dies because Craig Lowndes is only one year older than me. So you know you feel like <laughs> well, like your V eight supercar career is over. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I have no chance now. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? Just a little bit of us all dies when someone like Craig Lowndes retires. Um, my personal opinion is it's probably a couple of years too soon. He's still got the drive in him, no doubt. I think he does. Oh. He obviously doesn't. Came fourth both both days, yep. Townsville. Yep. Arguably to three cars that are better than his. Do you reckon? Well, Jamie's and Shane's, they get all the, the good fruit. I'm not sure that Craig gets the good fruit. Oh, I don't know that there'd be any difference in the fruit. It's not actually going off. It's just mechanical components. And Scotty McLaughlin, no doubt, has, you know, the best of... Everything that he can possibly get, Craig yeah, he's still had know, a lot to give, in in my view. I, yeah, look, I, I I don't know if I agree with you, mm. I and I don't know if it is an age thing. Yeah. Um. It. I think that, you know, I think the big difference with Craig compared to those that have been before him and those that will be, you know, uh, after him, is that he tries to be a nice guy and. Mm. You know, chat to everyone in the paddock, and yep. you know, just be a generally good mm. guy. Um, yep. So, I think that that's something that I'm going to miss. Yeah. Um, yep. But as far as whether there's better out there now racing, um, he is going to be. You know, he's in one of the top cars. Mm. They've got the setup. Yep. There's no doubt about that. I mean, two of their cars. You know, first and second. Yep. So they've obviously got the setup, and mm. um, then it just comes down to the driver. So mm. he's probably still got the skills to do it, but uh, yeah. I just don't think he's as hungry as um, you know. And, and in in MotoGP, mm. races get to a point where you know. I mean, look at Casey Stoner. Yeah. I mean, you and I both you know love Rossi and mm. and. Um, you know, put him up on a pedestal, and he deserves that. I'm not going to dispute that. But at the end of the day, in that era, I would have to argue that I think Casey Stone is the best rider that we've seen because everyone said, oh, it's the Ducati, it's the Ducati, it's the Ducati. And everyone tried to ride the Ducati, yeah. and they couldn't yeah. do it, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas he did it. Yeah. And he got to that point where he went, you know what? No, oh, I don't really... I don't dig this anymore. Mm. And he retired. Yep. And he retired on a high. And mm. I think that um, Craig's probably at that point. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, like, yes, you could argue that um, there there are guys out there that can do it better than him and should be doing the job. Uh, but I think it's more about having that hunger, mm. you know, to want to win, to yep. want to 
just smash your way through two cars and you know yeah so um he has had an interesting career yeah um you know having raced so many different versions mm. of, of the car and and um uh in in so many different makes yeah um so he's got a lot to offer and mm. he's looking forward to a career um in the commentary box yeah so um it'll be interesting to to see you know on the subject of the v8 supercars on monday i had a uh, friend of mine uh come and see me he uh he is a beverage manufacturer um sells worldwide and um loves nascar that's that's his gig he sponsors a nascar team mm. and uh, he's hung out with john force and those guys and alexa de Joria and um her dad and so on oh yeah and and he came to see me uh about getting me racing again in door slammer and wanting to sponsor me for a season because mm. he's got a new beverage uh line coming out yep. shortly and uh, he wanted to use it as part of his marketing mm -hmm. and uh i turned him down i actually said to him he races himself um occasionally uh like club type uh, events at uh, Wanneroo yep. and love circuit racing. And uh, I said, mate, go buy yourself a Super 2 mm. um, drive. It's about three four $400,000 and you'll get to enjoy it. You'll fly your family from track to track, have a bit of a laugh and you pretty much don't have to do anything. Just show up, put your, yep. your gear on and, and go out and race. And, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be money well spent because the TV coverage I think is very good. And he was shocked. He said, I'm, I'm offering you, you know, mm. money to go racing and, you know, whatever, if you need to update stuff on your engine or whatever. And I said to him, mate, I, I would be ripping you off. I said, have you ever heard of Kelly Betts? Mm. And he said, no, who's, who's Kelly Betts? Should I know who Kelly Betts is? Yeah. And, and um, I said to him, she is the first Australian to um, win, uh, first Australian female to win... Um, the Australian Top Fuel Championship. And I said, every time, you know, because he knows Top Fuel, obviously, yep. from going to the NHRA, every time you point one of those cars at, at the, uh, on, the, on the start line, point it down the track, it's $15,000, mm -hmm. right? So the amount of money um, and effort involved in just running one, let alone winning the championship, yeah. is phenomenal. And... You know, it's the first female champion, first female Australian top fuel champion, and you don't even know her name. Mm. And he said to me, he goes, that's, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yep. So I've got to hand it to these guys. They are doing an exceptional job with their marketing, mm. with their TV coverage, yep. with the spin-off shows that mm. they have. Um, and, you know, Craig, I think, is just going to be another facet. Yeah. See... If Thunder really, if they are serious, and I, I've got to tell you, I can't see that they're serious about the drag racing thing at the moment because all I've seen is it get worse every not not every year, every meeting just seems to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And you know, the people that were um, going, oh, the IHRA is going to be a good thing, particularly in Queensland. I, I had a couple of races call me this week, um, sportsman races saying that they just can't believe how bad it is and how unorganized and and the lack of meetings and you know it like they are gutted and they wanted to go back to andra they're trying to lobby the track uh, willow bank to go back to andra but i don't know something's got to give yeah you know you yeah. would you would think that you'd look at the formula these guys are using and say all right let's let's run with this you know that the, the the hands-on approach with the TV coverage mm. um, and the fact that they've got former racers that actually understand it, yeah, you know, doing the commentary. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see what happens. See what happens. So we wish Craig the best for the future, obviously. And, um, you know, look, I, I'm a big fan, big fan of Craig Lowndes, always have been over the years. Um, I remember Craig Lowndes debuting... He actually debuted at Sandown in 1994. I didn't watch that race, but I did watch Bathurst 1994. And as we know, I'm a Ford man. Now, John Bow and Dick Johnson were leading that race with about... I can't remember how many laps to go. And this kid, 
Craig Lambs. He's biting at John Hills, at John Bowers' heels in second place. Coming up Mountain Straight, ducks to the left. And I said, there's no way he's going to pass him on the outside going up Mountain Straight. Sure enough, he did. He actually passed John Bow going around the outside at the end of Mountain Straight. It's legendary. I mean, you can look it up at YouTube, but it is one of the legendary moves of all time. Now, as it turned out, a few laps later, Craig got balked by a slower car, and John was able to get around him again and went on to win the race. However, I really don't... If Craig hadn't been balked by that slower car, I really think he would have had his first Bathurst win on debut. Not a, not a win for the E-Series, mate. That's <laughs> Every time one of these guys retires, it's another win for the E-Series. Anyway, on the on the weekend, we had Todd Hazelwood pop the shoulder. He had a, a coming together with Simona, popped his shoulder and put it back in himself. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy, the amount of pain that he must have been feeling. Can when... you imagine if Neymar was driving a V8 supercar? What, what would have happened? The car would have flipped on the roof, done a couple of 360 spins on its roof. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, really? I, I thought that was amazing. I really, My respect for Todd has really stepped up a level. Speaking of rookies, it was, wasn't probably the best of weekends for a lot of the rookies. Anton Di Pasquale, love that name, Di Pasquale. Uh Really put Michael Caruso in the tire war. Pretty bad shunt, actually. It wasn't his best move. Got docked 35 championship points. Michael was a bit disappointed that he didn't seek him out after the race to see if he was okay. So, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. But <laughs> Jack LeBrock, the uh, bump on... Um, Jack LeBrock on um, Will Davison also got him a 15-second pedal knee at the end of the race as well. So. I've got to ask you, right? Mm. I, I, um, I've got to be honest. I didn't watch the V8 race, mm. but I watched the Super 2 race. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> if they had penalties like this mm. in the Super 2s... There's the, no field left. The, no, well, the points would be in the negative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. They do nothing but hit each other the entire yeah, race. Yeah, yeah. And they go into a corner, and there's like, there is no compassion at all. No. There's no, oh, you know, I better, better take it easy here. Or they'll go in four wide, where clearly you can only fit two cars. Mm. <laughs> um, so the, the Kostecki's yeah. uh, um, run, mm. uh, they got the Ar- Arco plate or whatever the, mm. the, the sponsorship is on the car. And, um, uh, 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 trying to think of uh, his dad's name. Uh, it's Andrew, isn't it? Andrew, yeah. yeah. Andrew's son, which is uh, Brody. One Brody, one? that's yeah. the one. Yep. He's uh, he's up there at the pointy yeah. end. Yeah, he's pretty uh, talented. Also, Richie Stanaway, I haven't got in the notes, but um, got somehow on his last stop, got a used set of tyres put on his car. A one, one was a used set of tyres. Oh, okay. One was a used by tire. accident. By accident. Uh, didn't do anything for his cause, retaliated by drifting the remaining closing laps of the race. Not to Tim Edwards' um, joy, uh, was pretty prompt on the radio, asked him to cut that right out, and had a bit of a heated discussion after the race, needless to say. A little bit unprofessional from PRA, and a bit unprofessional from Richie as well, and how he handled it, but anyway. You'd think you'd see it more as a challenge, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. win this with a, with a bald tyre. Look at that canvas. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Um, did, did you watch the Utes? This the the Super Utes. I didn't. I didn't. But the uh, the guy I was telling you about, we we went to get a coffee at the lunch bar across the road, and he says to me, he goes, "Hey, um, what's with the Utes?" <laughs> I said, "What? What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, I was at a round, and these Utes came out, and they're incredibly slow." He goes. The commentators had to talk slowly. <laughs> they had to slow down their commentary. And I said, yeah, they're a, they're a turbo diesel. And he goes, what What do you mean they're a turbo diesel? I said, well, you know, you buy a you know, Mitsubishi Triton or whatever, and it's got a, like a four-cylinder. Yeah. I said, well, that's what they are. And he goes, you're joking me. Because he knows the guy with the um, the stadium trucks. Oh, okay, Robbie Robbie Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he actually knows Robbie Gordon. I said, I think... That because the stadium trucks were so popular, the um, supercar, you know, people, 
decided, well, let's follow that formula. And somehow got it completely wrong. <laughs> well, I had a similar discussion with a very good friend of mine on the weekend. And he said, Nick, I was watching the, the V8s this morning. And he goes... They had this like parade lap with all these utes. Goes, what, what was that all? Parade it was lap. like the local Toyota dealership was doing a parade lap. A demo. Said, no, that was no, a race. They're racing. He goes, nah. He goes, they weren't. That was like a parade lap, and they were just out there doing a like. He goes, but I think there was some other utes as well. Now, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? He goes, that, that's not right. That's not a race, is it? Is that, he goes, was that legit? And I said, no, nah, Dinkum, that is legit. And he goes, nah. He goes, because I could have sworn it was Scarborough Toyota doing a yeah. parade lap. I, I, I'm sure that people listening to this, you know, think that we're making this up. But I'm now these are legitimate you, conversations legit. we've had. We're, these are legitimate conversations. I kid you not. I kid you not. Just I think the roller coasters that they have at the, at you know, the rides they have there would be more exciting than driving one of these things. You know, I'm, I've got to look inside one and see if they've got you know adjustable sway bars and all that, <laughs> just to make it even yeah. more ridiculous. I know they've got a pedal box. Anyway, they've got a pedal box. Yes, they do have a yeah? pedal box. Yep. Yep. Is it composite, moulded in with a seat? And no, I don't think so. No, no, it's not that high tech. <laughs> no. Yeah, so look, at just a bit of a recap on NHRA Pro Mod. We haven't had a round. They're in a seven-week hiatus at the moment. So the US Nationals is the next event that they'll be participating in. Ricky Smith still leads the championship by 18 points over Mike Janis. And Chad Green and Mike Castellana in fourth spot. Stevie Jackson, eighth. So he hasn't had the year he probably no, wanted. No, he hasn't had the dream run. But no. let's not forget, he did have a pretty savage accident. It was a terrible accident. There was fire in that, that car. so And he had to turn his radial versus the world car into, into a, yeah. a mod car. Yep, yep. So, yeah, the next US Nationals will be seeing Pro Mod again. Now, this brings us to... The World Series of Pro Mod, Drag Illustrated. Wes Buck puts this together. I'm going to play a little audio file. He read a letter from the NHRA this week online. I'm just going to play it out loud. All right, basically this just says, uh, to, uh, to Drag Illustrated Media, LLC, regarding its World Series of Pro Mod event. We, reg we write regarding the status of the competitors who we understand had accepted invitations for the 2018 running of the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod, WSOPM, at Bandemir Speedway near Denver, Colorado on August 10th and 11th, and your continued promotional efforts surrounding the race. Uh, this is... We regret to inform you that your event billed as the biggest, richest ProMod drag race in the history of the known universe, has been brought to the attention of both our administrative and technical departments. All known WSOPM competitors fall under Section 1.61, Participant Con Conduct and Competitive Status of our 2018 rulebook, thus deeming the World Series of ProMod for certified badasses only. <laughs> Woo! CBAO, baby! The biggest, richest pro mod drag race in the history of the known universe. August 10th and 11th, 2018. You hear me, friends? CBOA. AO. Certified badasses only. No one else need apply. Done with this. Give me that letter so I can finish reading it. Local authorities have been notified, along with the U.S. Department of the Interior, tasked with protecting America's great outdoors, as it is our belief that not even Thunder Mountain can withstand the sheer awesomeness of 32 of the quickest and fastest quarter-mile door slammers on the planet Earth. If you have any questions concerning this letter or the rules in Section 1 of the rule book, please contact me immediately. Sincerely, woo! <laughs> Rock and roll! So Wes Buck having a bit of fun there with his with his listeners. Yeah, Wes does a weekly live online face, Facebook feed. Actually, it's quite entertaining, and that was part of that. So I I couldn't resist actually uh, downloading that and actually putting it on. So these are NHRA legal cars. That's yeah? correct, NHRA legal cars. Yep. Yes, yep, yep. Which so, would be the equivalent of Pro Boost in the PDRA. That's correct. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if we covered it in the last couple of episodes, but no. um, the uh, 
pro extreme mm-hmm. category yep. is gone. It's gone. Yep. It's yep. gone. Yep. So look, um, how this works, invite only. So at, at the moment, they're up to 21 entries. They haven't finalized the final 32. Only the top 16 will go into Saturday's eliminations. Uh, 17 and down will participate in... Let, let me rephrase that, sorry. The top 14 are locked away. The the bottom half of the field will race it, and the winner of the Friday night event wins $10,000, and they also get an automatic entry into the Saturday eliminations. And... People's fan, choice. People's yeah. choice. That's people's correct. choice. Yes. Fans' choice. Yep. Yep. Is the uh, wild card. Mm. Yep. But it is invitation only. Invitation only. A couple. There's a one that's missing in my eyes. Ricky Smith is leading the points in NHRA. He's not there. So anyway. Well, you've only got 21 here. Yeah, I know. But you would have thought Ricky Smith would be in that. I mean, you know. Uh, is it based on performance? Certified badass, badass. Certified badasses. <laughs> Must have criminal record. <laughs> so, look, I really look... If you remember last year, I think it's in our sound clip in the opening of the episode, basically, um, Altucci has a cardiac arrest, if you, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike Bowman went on to win that event last year. <laughs> I thought he actually exploded. Yes. <laughs> so really looking forward to this. I'm not. I cannot confirm if there's a live feed or not yet. I will find out if there is. Um, even if there's one I've got to pay for, I'll, I'll happily pay for this, as I think it's awesome. Yes. Yes. Certifiably badass. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, moving along. I don't want to dwell on the 400 Thunder too much, but their calendar. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> their calendar came out yesterday. Um, you know what? I, I've actually... I haven't spoken with the man, but I have been messaging him today. Who's Ray, that? Ray, Ray Treasure. Yeah, yeah. Regarding he, this? Regarding this, and he was a bit tight-lipped about 400 Thunder. Don't dwell on the 400 Thunder. What he, The message he did want to convey to our listeners is yep. he is ear-to-ear with Andra events for the Motorplex this season. Yep. Both sides of the track. Speedway and drag racing. It's going to be full. Be a huge year. He tells me. Well, Andrew's taking on Speedway. No, but I mean, in the drag racing <laughs> side, it'll be the calendar's soon to be released. Keep an eye out for it. It's something to get excited about. So, speaking of local news, mm. uh, Corey Marriott organised a impromptu meeting of, uh, or it may have been impromptu, I'm not sure, yep. of the West Australian radio races mm-hmm. to discuss rules and yep. the, the, the future of the radial class and um, nothing's been said in concrete I think if you get on Corey's Facebook page there is um, there's a, there's an outline there basically they've taken the Australian Pro Street Association the APSA mm. uh, Pro Radial Rules yep and uh, so for those of you that don't know the Pro Radial Rules basically required the car to be a uh, three-quarter chassis car mm-hmm. factory rails and uh, part of the factory firewall um, although and part that I never understood you're allowed to run a composite body that, yep. that you know was pro mod or door slammer based which is strange because that means that you're grafting <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I hear what you're saying yeah it doesn't make saying. any sense to me anyway so so uh, from what I can understand um what the radial races have agreed to uh, is getting rid of the three-quarter chassis rule, mm. permitting full chassis cars, mm-hmm. number one, getting rid of all the weight brakes, yep. right? So no minimum weight, uh, multiple power adders, mm-hmm. uh, which it's an interesting one because Andra doesn't allow multiple power adders on V8s. Yep. They're allowed on six cylinders and four cylinders. So I'm not sure whether that's what they mean or... You know, it's, it's a bit unclear. Uh, but the vehicles must be self-starting, which I'm not sure that that was a radial rule beforehand. So I messaged Corey to find out a little bit more. Um, and the there is talk that there will be a one-eighth mile radial series run on the Wednesday nights. Yep. Okay. So I asked him uh, whether this meant that the blown cars would be welcome on on the Wednesday nights and he told me that providing they have mufflers 
and that the supercharger is under the bonnet, <clears throat> and there would be no no issue with the blown cars yep. running. Now, obviously, he's not a scrutineer. He's just a, uh, an announcer, commentator, whatever. Um, so I, I thought there was a little, little bit strange. Now, as some of our listeners would know, you know, we've had to deal with this issue because we're getting the XY ready hmm. and they've told us, you know, you need to have the blower under the bonnet if you want to run it on the Wednesday nights. Um, so I um, decided to download the rules and what I've done is I've actually emailed myself a copy of the rules because I suspect that once this goes to air, yep. <laughs> the rules will get changed. So for the record, and I, I should have done this, we both should have done this, we were both a bit slack because, you know, we asked the questions and, and they were answered to us. Um, unfortunately, we misunderstood what they said. Nonetheless, it says clearly on the whoop Ass Wednesday rules that if the vehicle is registered mm. and you can provide registration papers with the VIN number verifying that that vehicle is registered, then you are allowed to run your supercharger hanging clear out of the bonnet in all its glory and might in the true Australian manner. <laughs> Everyone knows that Australia is all about burnouts and blowers. It used to be on the front cover of every street machine video for summer nats that was ever produced until they turned it into a family event. So, burnouts and blowers. By the way, and not the nope. No, you don't like. Well, no, you've we, got your own anyway. Yeah, that's right. We'll be PC on this. PC, podcast. PC. Yeah, yeah. You be PC. I'll be drag race. Anyway, so that came as quite a shock to me because this whole time we've been, you know, thinking about how we're going to put some sort of cow yeah, induction. Just, in my head, it just looked ridiculous. The cow. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I kept on reading. And I was even more shocked. Yeah, I don't know. I read them as well after you. As everyone knows, I've always run my car, whether it be at a National Open or, or at a Will Pass Wednesday, or which I was told never to come back to, running nines, right? Now you can run 750s down there and no one batters an eyelid. But anyway, I, I have always run mufflers. I've always run not a full exhaust system, but an exhaust system exiting at the differential, mm. right? And I, I was surprised to see that a requirement of the Woolpass Wednesdays, a minimum requirement, is the exhaust goes to the differential. Yeah. So my question to the Motorplex is, why are there so many cars with the exhaust exiting out of the front bumper, bonnet, front fenders, if the rules clearly state that as a minimum requirement, the exhaust must exit at the differential? Last but not least, everyone knows that the XY has a full interior, including a back seat. Mm -hmm. Well, I was shocked. Nick, I was absolutely shocked to find that the Whoopass Wednesday rules require that you run a full interior with door trims, etc. The amount of cars that I've seen down there recently that don't even have a dashboard, like not even a semblance of a dashboard. There's a steering column with a little LCD pad on there. It looks like an iPod or something. So I think we've been ripped off. Talking Power has been well and truly shafted this season. No, no, we'll go with we didn't understand. We didn't understand, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. dyslexic and we, we couldn't read the rules. It's anyway, it does so, go on to say 95 dB as well, which is pretty loud, isn't it? I mean, 95 dB is yeah. very loud. In fact, now now this is the the where I'm going with this. So mm. I'm waiting for confirmation as to whether full chassis cars will be allowed, right? Yeah. Now it, it it is a bit of a you know stumbling point if you've got a blown car and they're going to run the radial series on the Wednesday night and then they say you can't run a blown car, mm. right? It's all very complicated. So, I just want everyone to know where we're at. Uh, if they do allow blown cars, uh, sorry, if they do allow full chassis cars, uh, I will be preparing the BA for this, right, to have a crack at this because I'd really like, you know, for, uh, well, for a Australian car to be in threes. Yep. <laughs> because... You know, I, I have heard a lot of my customers talking about the radial deal and this car and that car. And um, 
I think 4-1 is the record currently. Uh, Not here. No. I think Perry went on the weekend 4-0. 4-0. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. 4-0-7. Cool. Cool. It's definitely an O. Might have been an O. Yeah, and that was at the Kenda? No, that was in the Sydney. That was at Sydney. It was the last weekend for testing for Grudgekins. The testing on Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. They're testing on Friday. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then it's... Yeah. All but right. he's so, already done the 407. And he was sure. on radial? Are you sure? No. No, I think he's on slicks. Okay. Can, can Stan be corrected on that one? I think because the track was not that great. Okay. So, anyway. So, um, I need to know whether they're going to allow full chassis cars or not mm-hmm. because I need to get some 15-inch wheels. Yep for the rear of the car and you know that takes a while because mm. <laughs> i rang millsy up and they said it's you got to order them this yeah. you know they're made up to suit um and uh, as far as for for those of you that, that are wondering how we're going to get around all these rules for will pass wednesday mm. um well i've already tested with mufflers yeah. uh, in the u.s we got it down to 76 db on a pro mod car and my car is self-starting so mm. that's not a problem. Um, and uh, I have a cow that will cover the supercharger. So I'm going to meet all the criteria and I'm very, very, very keen to run the car on the Wednesday nights in the radial series. So we'll just see what happens. Um, and, yeah, we'll take it from there. But if anyone wants to sponsor us... <laughs> <laughs> Cause, uh, cause, yeah, because I want to put a set of 315s on this every meeting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. even two or three sets in a meeting. <laughs> there you have it, everyone. So email myself or Simon. So anyway, anyways, <laughs> Grudge Kings. You brought Grudge up Kings, Grudge Kings. Yep, okay, yep. so and testing. You brought up testing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the internet broke. It broke. It yeah. broke last week. I think I knew before you did. <clears throat> uh, I, I was... You were there. <laughs> No, I was, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When it was all happening, I was in Bullsbrook. Yes, you were. I was in Bullsbrook. I forgot to mention it to you, actually. Fitting a transmission um, to a lovely gentleman, absolute, um, hmm. you know, awesome guy's car, um, who was having a burnout competition at his house for his 40th birthday. Um, great guy. And, um, yeah, so I was, I was busy doing that, hence why I missed... Uh, the phone call. Yep. So, if any of you out there doubt what RB stands for, I'm going to let you know again. It stands for Rigoli Brothers, right? In a shot that was heard around the world so loud that it was it brought the attention of the Arabs. Mm. It's it's a firmly uh, planted Mtron as a big player. In, in the EFI game. Yep. 6.60, 220 miles an hour. Big mile an hour, isn't it? Huge, huge mile an hour. Basically, you know, they gained seven mile an hour. Mm. Um, and there was some comments at the track uh, on the first 220 mile an hour pass and a race, I'm not going to mention his name, he approached Dom on the start line as Dom was about to go for another lap. And he said to Dom, he said, uh, was that was that a uh, like a software glitch? Or <laughs> did I see that right? 220 mile an hour? And Dom said, well, we're all about to find out now. And sure enough, he backed it up with another 220 wow. mile an hour pass. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So he ran uh, two 660s uh, both at... Um, uh, 220 mile an hour. I'm not going to disclose what their half track was, mm. obviously, because um, you know that's what's going to count at the Grudge Kings. Um, but it should be interesting to see. Uh, you know, a lot of it too is with, with this uh, leave on green deal. Yep. Um, you know, you got to understand that there's four tenths in that tree. Mm. If you guess that light, if you can guess it. Four tenths is massive. Yeah, yeah. You know, so a a, a four o car um, can get beaten by a four forty car mm. if they're prepared to have a stab at the tree. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, it's on this weekend coming. Yeah, this weekend um, it's on. If you get the opportunity, jump on Facebook. I'm sure Poe will be posting. He will be doing some live feed, not the whole event, but he will be posting some of the content which will be live. So make sure you get there and um, have a look. It's going to be huge. I, I cannot wait. It is. Are they running the book? Can we can we get on, Dom? Is it or is it? We wouldn't get good odds now. I don't, I don't know because no one knows what his half track was. Yeah, but <laughs> if you if you know anyone that's running the book, I I don't un- I mean you know it'd be uh, it'd be it's probably not good odds anymore after the weekend. Yeah, you know, the the thing is that um, at this point in time, a lot of people are talking about Craig, mm. right? The uh, previous winner. Uh, no, Craig Burns. Oh, Craig Burns. Right. Sorry, my apologies. He's yeah. gone four-one with mm. with a handful of hits um, at the tree, uh, but I don't know how many laps mm. uh, Craig's done as a, a racer. Yeah, and that's you know something that you know it, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting event. Um, and now the the Snickers car's gone four-zero, mm. so that's um, another hard hitter. Um, there's a couple of guys that have built cars. They entered without a car. Yeah. They're actually, they haven't even tested yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's huge, and I'm still very keen for us to uh, run a similar event over here. Mm. I think the thing is over here is that, um, and this is the big difference between the East Coast and the West Coast, the East Coast, uh, people will enter an event like that even if mathematically they have no chance whatsoever. Yeah. Right? But over here, um, you know, they they won't, basically. They want to know they're going to win before they're going to lay down a thousand bucks. It's interesting you should say that because we ran a thread. as At our last podcast, we said we'd run a thread and seeing what sort of results we got. It got a few likes and very little commentary. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that people won't won't um, patronise it, but I, I just don't think we're ready for something like that yet. I don't think we've got the calibre of cars here yeah, um, to run, you know, this type of deal. I mean, the reality is that uh, just off the top of my head, you've got cars that would be legal for this. Mm. You've got Belladonna's car. Yep. You've got my BA. Mm. You've got um, the uh, BA... Uh, Danini Mor- Transport. Oh, Ryan. Moresby. Moresby. Moresby's BA would be legal. Um, Wouldn't their Ute be legal as well? That, that, that's what... That, oh, oh that's- yes. Yeah, I forgot that they've got... No, the Ute would be legal. Yep. The, the BA is composite. Yep, okay. Um, I meant the BA Ute. Um, uh, who else? You know, because even the quick super stock cars like... Um, uh, Ralph's, that's a composite car. Mm. Yep. You know? The Dodge Dart, I'm pretty sure that's steel roof and quarter panels. Mm. Um, You know, it's starting to get thin after that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, Zap's old car. Yep. Um, If there was 50 grand up for grabs, I'm sure he'd screw that back Mm. together. Yeah. He'd smoke us all. Speaking of prize money, just to jump back a bit, World Series of Pro Models, $100,000 in prize money. I know, I know. And that's the thing. I think the big prize money will probably... If we put a big prize money event on over here, you'd probably attract the East Coasters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you're right about the people entering. They probably haven't got a a hope in hell, but they still enter just for the the sport of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And because uh, that style of racing is popular because mm. of street outlaws. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd love to do it. Mm. I'd love to do it. Look, I'm very keen that if Poe runs the event again, that uh, we try and get over there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing, um, just going back to the motorplex, um, they had a family fun day on the weekend, actually, and I just I made mention of it. It was great to see the, the track... Uh, volunteers at the track and some of the club members got involved and took their dailies down the track some of them were the, the rules were no no drag cars but some of them have interesting dailies anyway but i thought i would make mention of i'm not going to mention their names um this is reaction time a 0.003 it was a young lady in a ve commodore i'm not going to say her name and that was the best female reaction time and the best male was 0.004 which i thought was amazing in the street cars 
Liz Johns, look at that. Did you see Liz, avid listener to the podcast, Liz Johns? She went red, 0.00. Yeah, not very red, though. No. That's <laughs> In her Bogo standard Commodore wagon. I was impressed by the 15.4. Yeah, but anyway, I thought that was a great effort. Stu Bond was down there as well, part of the commentary team, so it was really good to see. Yes, hmm. yes. Looking forward to hearing Stewie. Yeah, yep, yep. If you're watching the video version of this, you'll see that Simon and myself are wearing benzene detailing shirt. So... $5 for every shirt that you buy from Johnny, Johnny Alardi at Benzene Detailing goes to the Cancer Council. So get on board if you're looking at the video. Great shirts, good quality. Yeah, they are. They are. They're Very great nice. shirts and it's yeah. a great cause and I'm yeah. sure that, that everyone that listens has, um, you know, been touched, a yeah. family member um, hmm. by um, that uh, unfortunate disease hmm. and uh, whatever we can do to help. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. You know, it's very important. Yep, cancer research is very. Important. So go to his Facebook page or um, or his um, website benzenedetailing.com.au, and uh, you can find more details there. Uh, the blog as well. So if you get a chance, go to our website and read the blog. Also share, like our Facebook page. Likes are on the increase. We're working on that, so that's good to see. All right, uh, sponsors: All Fast Talk Converters, Shift Kits Australia, WA Suspension, Benzene Detailing, Monster Talk, Performance Turbos, Taps Race Pipes, CRD Nitrous. All right, Simon, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Nick. No worries. All right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take see care. You. See you on the street. See ya. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.